What happens when you stop seeing people? What happens when you stop seeing people behind bars as criminals and start seeing them as human beings? Welcome to Sentences, Storytellers Beyond Bars, the podcast where we explore the impact of the criminal justice system in our communities. Welcome. Hi. Welcome back to another episode. We have Lizette with us again. Yeah. That's right. Um, but we're good. We're. I'm excited to have you back Thank again. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be back. And I'm excited for this episode. Uh, I'm always excited, but let me qualify that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want anybody to feel less special. We're all special. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Lizette and I are going to be doing something special. We're going to each choose a piece that um, from the website. Mm-hmm. But before that, you want to check in a little bit? Or? Yeah. Okay. Hi. <laughs> how are you? Uh, I'm yeah, good. I'll ask you how you are. Well, okay. So I'm good. I'm good. I um, I just had a really interesting conversation with my parents this morning oh. about language that- and um, Spanish. And okay. Because I don't really, because I, I speak Spanish, but I don't speak it as well as I understand it. Mm-hmm. And then um, the people I speak most Spanish with are like my, my dad and my dad's side of the family. And sometimes my grandparents on this side, and um, and so I told, I asked my mom because my my dad's always been the same way where he's like, oh, if you don't speak Spanish, then like it's embarrassing. You know, mm-hmm. he always says it's embarrassing, right? Mm-hmm. And so I had that in my head my my whole life. Oh no! He even pointed out a couple professors or teachers at my middle school. He's like, see, if you don't speak Spanish, you end up like that guy, you know, <laughs> Mr. Gutierrez or Mr. You don't want to be Mr. Gutierrez, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I was like, yeah, I do. He's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so today we were just like, you know, hanging out and my, and I brought it up and my dad's like, you're speaking more Spanish and it's nice. And I said, yeah, but I still want to learn more. My mom was like, yeah, like if you don't speak Spanish, like there's a right way and a wrong way to speak Spanish and there's a right way to speak and a wrong way to speak. And in general, not just Spanish. And I was like, oh, let's talk about that. What do you mean? Yeah. And then, um, I said, so do you think that like if someone doesn't speak Spanish, the way that you think they should, that they're not Latino? And would you say that? And she's like, yes. And I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. Or they're not Mexican. She's like, yes. I'm like, why? I'm like, the language, Spanish is only a part of yeah. this rich culture. Right. And she's like, no. I'm like, yes. Yeah. So are you saying that like to be Mexican only relies on you being able to speak Spanish? What about like the, you know, el vestuario, la comida, la cultura, la música, todo eso, like all that stuff that goes into it, a culture, a language is one part of that whole thing. Mm-hmm. But I think she was like, no, no, no. But but you know, y- y- how are you going to not? How are you going to call yourself Mexican and not speak not Spanish speak language? Mm. And then my dad was the same way. He's like, yes. And people who speak English who use cuss words, like you know, only the like only these people use cuss words, and you never see these people using cuss words. Mm-hmm. I'm like, just because you never see them doesn't mean they don't. <laughs> and so it was a really interesting conversation. Um, my mom and dad are very much fixed on this idea that like you can't change people, mm-hmm. or you can't change. I'm like, you can't change the system. That's their idea. And I said, yeah, you can slowly, Yeah. probably not within our lifetime, but we, like even us having this conversation is a change because you're going to start seeing shit differently, maybe reacting to your coworkers or your friends differently when they start coming up with, you're going to be thinking about this stuff now, whereas before you weren't. Um, and then me too. I was surprised by some of the answers they gave me. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's good. I think you had an important conversation. And sometimes I, I'll have conversations with my parents like that and I'm shocked by what they tell me. Um, but have, have you talked about that with them? Well, yeah. A lot more so for me it was growing up because uh, I think I told you I was in like a magnet program and in second grade I was told not to speak Spanish. Yeah. So I grew up speaking only in English to my parents, but I always knew the language uh, until I was in eighth grade and I came back uh, for high school. I came to Roosevelt. 
And I started speaking in Spanish a lot. And my parents were really excited that I was speaking the language. But on campus at Roosevelt, I talked like a white girl. Um, so that to for them. me, yeah, to all of my friends, right? So I, it was, it, it always like, language has always been complex for me. Um, and it always kind of messed with my identity. And, you know, uh, but uh, speaking at home, being at home, having conversations with my parents, um, like, I don't know, we were having dinner last night and I said, oh, I was saying somebody was Muslim. And I said, Musilmano. And my dad is like, Muslim, mus he totally corrected me. And I was like, uh, yeah, okay, sorry, I messed up. <laughs> but like weird things like that where my parents correct me and rather than like chastising me, they just kind of laugh about it. So yeah, what's your update? How have you been? Uh, I've been good. Uh, we start school again. It's a new semester. Uh, I had class last week, but I had Monday off because class started Tuesday. So I didn't have class. Yay. Are you teaching this semester? I'm not teaching. I taught all last year the English 1005A and 1005B. I loved it. The students were great. They went to my old high school, Roosevelt. Oh, no um, way. Yeah, some that was did? really exciting. Yeah, some nice. of them went, like a handful of them. It was cool to come into that class too because a lot of them knew each other. They did the summer bridge program at Cal State LA. So it was nice that they kind of already had a little bit of community okay. by the time I stepped in. So, um, What advice would you give new instructors or TAs? <laughs> just be yourself. Like, don't try to be this, like, teacher persona of yourself. Uh, I think I told you the very first day that I taught, I dropped all of my papers in <laughs> front of all of my say. students. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just be yourself. Uh, and I told my students that was, like, the first of many things you will, like, clumsy things you're going to see me do. Um, but I was really honest with them. I told them that yeah. I was it was my first time teaching, um, that I was also a student. And that was also really cool because it opened the communication between them being students and how hard it is sometimes they have. They're like 18, 19 and they have jobs and they're going to school full time, working full time. Uh, the system is pushing them to take like 18 units yeah. or five classes. Um, so it was rough, but it was it was really rewarding. I loved it. I think people respond well to that students and that's my that's always been my approach when I was in the classroom and then when I was a tutor or that's always come up in interview questions like how do you uh, what's your teaching style mm -hmm. quote unquote or how do you approach students and I'm like with mutual respect and just being yeah. super honest and mm -hmm. I think that's right right because people connect to that yeah people respond to that and people respect that at least in my experience right yeah for the most part yeah I also had experiences where I worked with um, middle school and elementary school kids and they were not as understanding of <laughs> Of my approach, but well, yeah, so that's why I think I work better with like high school and middle school students. But that's really good advice, yeah. I'm glad for yourself, yeah. Okay, so let's get into the good stuff. So, I'm gonna read a piece by Jesse Suarez, and you can find this piece on the Words in Cage website, wordsincage.com, like Alfred mentioned. And the piece is titled I Dance. I dance to the sacred song whose rhythm is the rise and fall of many civilizations. I act in a play whose script I've performed many times over. And even though I stand on the shoulders of some of the greatest men who walk this earth, giving it their all, on I, too, the curtain shall one day fall. So what's, what stood out to you? The curtain falling and the playing of many roles. I, I immediately read it and I thought of Shakespeare mm -hmm. uh, and that one touchstone piece from, I think it's As You Like It, where he talks about the fool playing many parts and he's just a player and Look then the you. curtain one day falls. McManus would be so proud right now. <laughs> you know, but also it reminded me of a piece. I wish I remember the name, but it's a piece by Luis Rodriguez where he talks about being in, touch, in, touch, in touch with yourself and also just all the civilizations that came before you and how you're connected to all of that. And it's short and the flow, I just, the closing, right? Like the curtain's going to fall on us one day too. He inverts some of the stuff, right? Mm -hmm. That's really nice. The Jesse Suarez. Jesse Suarez. Yeah. 
Have you met him? I have not met him. Okay. You recently went to the prison, right? I didn't get to first. go. Oh, you didn't. I had a job interview. Oh. And I had already like rescheduled my interview from Monday to Friday. And I was like, it's going to be really unprofessional if I do this again. Uh, so hopefully I get to do that really soon. Okay, my piece is called Show, Don't Tell. And it's by Jose Zapata. He starts off by saying, unheard voices. When I was in my mother's womb, hidden away, my voice was unheard. When I was born, my cries was what was heard. Growing up, I was taught to learn words that had dual meaning, yet meaning nothing at all. I spoke many words, created no sentences of my own, repeated what I was taught sounding like a clashing symbol. My voice echoed. Still, my voice was unheard. As a young child, my voice was suppressed, counted as unworthy. Just a kid, my voice didn't matter, for my age disqualified me from speaking. My heart and my mind, my voice was kept silent. Many do's and don'ts. Adults dictate every aspect of my life. So I rebelled. I was told I couldn't watch a rated R movie without parental guidance. Vote. Buy tobacco. Enter into a legal contract. Drink. Have sex. Drive or join the military. I spoke and I did, but my voice was left unheard. Hypocrites, expound. Have you ever ex- stopped to think that a juvenile at the age of 13 can get tried as an adult, yet cannot do the above mentioned. Let me speak the cold-hearted truth. I can't now because I am a criminal. My voice doesn't count at all. So my so-called rights have been stripped. Transitioned from juvenile hall to prison, my voice was taken from me, turning me from a boy into a grown man. The words I speak are now my own, fallen on deaf ears, for I am known as CDC number AS6714. To many, I am just a number. My voice is unheard. What is the meaning of me speaking if you ain't hearing? Though you keep my voice caged, my words on paper will remain uncaged. Damn. They gave me chills. This is hard. Yeah. Why did this stand out for you, Alfred? I think the conversation I had with my parents started this. I think it started with that conversation. Because language and policing of language and whose voices and whose words are worth listening to and whose aren't. I think I saw that right away, right? Because when you're a kid, you no know, one listens to you. Mm-hmm. When you're coming from a specific background, no one listens to you. Yet, like, that doesn't mean you don't have a voice. Right. You still very much have a voice. You you have so much to say. And language, for me, it's always been about language never being necessarily a representation of how intelligent or unintelligent someone is. Because language has always been used in that way. You know, only certain people, um, oh, you, you speak this way, then you must be educated. Mm-hmm. Therefore worth listening to mm-hmm. right and that's always been in my issue right like that's not the, the language is never a reflection of someone's ability or thinking ability or right when i'm in circles that like people mostly primarily speak spanish and like they're they're getting they're connecting they're having these really crazy conversations and i can understand but i can't contribute in the same way mm-hmm. i can contribute in english but it's not going to land the same way right. and so my struggle with spanish has always been like i can speak i can i can contribute like if only i understood if only i could speak it better mm. you know um and in a way like that's me silencing myself because i've never been in a situation where people have silenced me in those circles never it's always been self-imposed silence yeah um, but here it is like systems and unspoken systems social society and, and social circles silencing this one voice right and here we got this beautiful poem yeah, I, that that to me is what stood out, right? Like you don't have a voice and you're silence and you're unheard. But there's this poem that is full of voice yeah. and like life. Yeah. And here you are reading it, right? Like putting it and speaking it into 
other people's ears. Yeah. yeah. So I think we can wrap it up now. This might be a little shorter than usual, but unless you, you want to, is there an event that you want to talk about? No. No, I'm like. <laughs> so what are your plans? Um, how involved do you want to be after you graduate in Words and Cage? I want to keep helping, at least in the same way that I am now. Uh, I won't be a grad student, so I don't know what access I'll have to a campus. Um, but I'd like to just still come to the events and support in that way. Mainly what I've been doing this year is just so like showing up to events and maybe like selling tickets to t-shirts or raffles uh i've been going to the circles with tobias every event i go to like lizette's there before i get there and you're like setting up you're helping you know you're manning one of the booths you're you know you're and you're not even the grad assistant right now Mm -mm. and it doesn't matter like i still am involved in some way yeah you tangentially support yeah Yeah, i come and support and there's always ways do this yeah and and roy's always the professor roy's always always looking for help and mm-hmm. you, do you know they need they need help they need help they need, group. <laughs> yeah. they need all the all hands on deck all, at all times for sure yeah. um that's exciting it I'm, is i'm sure it's gonna be i'm sure you're gonna be a staple for that and that project for a while do you want to close this out again yeah let me see if i get this right so check us out on instagram at sentences podcasts listen to us on soundcloud and itunes on podcasts same under the same name sentences podcast make sure that you hit that five star button uh comment send us some feedback if you want to get in touch with us send us an email to sentences podcast at gmail.com and just keep tuning in yeah and send us a dm also if that's easier for you on instagram well, good too. job you yeah. did it again look <laughs> at that right. see she's back she's back for good guys <laughs> <Full> force. <laughs> no i'm just kidding i won't make any promises but we'll want you to be back i'd love to come back awesome all right thanks guys and until next time bye, bye.